0: got to get in full voice. Me, 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 Ma, 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 Mo, 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 Wow. Yeah. Now I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Saturday morning Superstar ah, ah Yes I am Dom I am fan, And we're here channeling our midlife crisis Watching early 90s syndicated professional wrestling We are a couple weeks out from Wrestlemania 9 We're leaving Wrestlemania 9 behind This is the first time I thought that they were moving on from Wrestlemania mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heading towards something else But behind the pod So I am Two weeks back, I'm almost done. Okay. So not last week's show, the show before that. Yes. I'm pretty sure if you only watched every other week, you'd see <laughs> the same show over and over and over. Again. <laughs> yes, they're on. They're on an endless loop of. There's an A show and there's a B show. <laughs> Everybody we saw this week, we saw yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. we are in binary form, ladies and gentlemen. It's A B A B A B. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's a true cold open. <laughs> it is the coldest of opens, as I have written here. <laughs> it cannot get any colder. Wow. It's so cold. There's a dead man walking to the stage, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We start with The Undertaker. The only thing that would make this open any colder is if it was like The Undertaker versus Glacier. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It is May 1st, 1993. We are coming to you from the Tucson Convention Center in Tucson, Arizona. This episode was recorded on April 6, 1993. This is our second week that we are in the Tucson Convention Center. And we are starting with a very interesting interview of The Undertaker. The show starts off actually in a different language, apparently. (laughs) uh, Because Ray Rougeau is up on the dais uh, awaiting The Undertaker and Paul Bear. The Undertaker is starting to change up his look a little bit. We got the black-tipped, dyed hair instead of the straight red. They've got their cadence down at this point. So Paul always starts things off, gives us the basics of what we're going to hear from The Undertaker, and The Undertaker just sprinkles his little Undertaker dust all over it. So Rougeau is asking Bear about The Undertaker being unstoppable. Paul Bear says Undertaker is heading for Giant Gonzalez. So we are not getting rid of this feud that has lasted way longer than it should have. And Undertaker says he's tired of Gonzalez trying to destroy what cannot be destroyed. And he promises to draw power from the souls of the little Undertaker maniacs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so my my question about this whole thing is maybe something's been happening on raw, but we have not as far as superstars, we have not seen any kind of confrontation between the two of them since WrestleMania. Now, WrestleMania was only two weeks ago, but unless anything's happened on Raw since then, I would have assumed, not not from this interview, but I would assume that the feud was over because we've not seen any furthering of this feud. The one thing that really caught my attention is, besides them saying that The Undertaker is unstoppable and he's like this mystical force that cannot be hurt. You can tell this is way pre-streak because the way the commentators are talking about what happened at WrestleMania, you'd get the impression, if you didn't see it, that The Undertaker had lost. Yeah. Like, Gonzalez had beaten him up, and he had to be carried out. And if I hadn't, you know, paid my money, I would have thought The Undertaker had lost that match, and this is yeah. a revenge match against Gonzalez. Yeah. Which it kind of is because he got poisoned, I guess, or chloroformed. But so, Yeah, well, they—, they- they assume that it was a, a chloroform, but nobody has ever actually done any testing on the uh, the cloth that was used. Do you think they just didn't want kids to mess around with shit? They're like, it was a substance. Don't tell them. Don't give yeah. them a secret formula. Yeah. yeah. The Undertaker, seven foot badass, right? Mm-hmm. Walks down from the stage where he's giving his speech. Holding his overcoat like a dress as yes, his, feather <laughs> his feather duster. <laughs> he can't trip, man. That's that's <laughs> how you gotta do it when you go down those steps. Otherwise you watch out. He's gonna take it he's gonna take a header. I don't know what's worse. The Undertaker like holding his coat like a dress as he saunters down this the stairs, or if he were to fall. It looks like a little girl. <laughs> he's walking daintily down the he steps. Does. Tiptoeing. <laughs> he looks like Nemo tall version of Wednesday Adams, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's got, he's got to beat up Gonzalez. That's yeah. That's, that's the gist of this. We are, we are furthering this feud that nobody cared to see in the first place. You know, it's, it's very equivalent to, um, boss man and nails by the time we actually got to that match. Only it took a lot less time. Are they going to like do what they do to really big stars where they don't throw them on television? Like you got to pay your money to see the attraction that is the undertaker. Is this all we're mm-hmm. going to get for a while where the undertaker just fight? And he just like promos, that's possible we have we have not seen well i mean it's only been two weeks but uh yeah it's very possible we could see a, a period of time where he's starting to to reach that status you pay for the undertaker yeah give your money to paul bear <laughs> like, no you you pay the corpse <laughs> pay the corpse pay the corpse oh they want the money well we cut to our three announcers who are already seated behind their monitors so- we got like superstar Macho Man Randy Savage, he's in the <laughs> superstar Billy Graham outfit. Yeah, I was—I just said he was psychedelic Randy in full tie dye. <laughs> <Yeah>. over here, friggin' <laughs> like eyes and kite. Yeah, <laughs> he's got several different colors, and I'm just like the colors, man. <laughs> the colors, the colors are killing me, man. <laughs> yeah, we go down to the announcers, and this whole episode is—we are on the road to King of the Ring. Yes. ladies and gentlemen. So we are talking about the qualifying matches to get into the tournament that is the King of the Ring. And our first one that we're going to see, which will be on this show, is Mr. Perfect versus Doink the Clown. Yeah, and a little bit later, you kind of see that we're only going to get half of the qualifying matches. Mm-hmm. Maybe even less if they do some on Raw, but it looks like Challenge is going to have some, Superstars yeah. is going to have some, and then you're going to get your slate. So I would assume that We are going to get our updates within the update with Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon will be giving us the updates on who is qualified for the King of the Ring. I guess the assumption is that Superstars airs then Challenge, because they don't tell us who won the Challenge match. No. Yes, uh, Challenge is always on Sundays. Mmm. Yes. Superstars is Saturdays, Challenge is Sundays. Okay. So they will air that, I guess, on a Sunday. Whatever Sunday that would be. Uh, what is today? May 1st, so May 2nd. I'm in from two weeks in the past. It's like deja vu because this is exactly how like that episode started with the Head Shrinkers. <laughs> the Head Shrinkers come out with Alpha in the tiki room. In the tiki 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 tiki, tiki room. in the tiki 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 Room And the Head Shrinkers are facing our two red tights this week. We've got Bob Young and Scott Bazo who is one letter off from being Charles in charge. Apparently. Right, but the king <laughs> screws up. He says, oh, it's Scott Bezos. Yeah. Is, is that the Karate Kid? I'm like, no, that's <laughs> Ralph Machi. That's Macchio. Ralph there. <laughs> you are way off. That is not Chachi up there. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> even though you know, the Karate Kid does look a little Chachi-like. Yeah, that's true. Well, Scott Bazo had just a few ring names. Ten matches between the years of 1991 and 1993 went under the name of Scott Bazo, mm-hmm. spelled B-A-I-Z-O. Also, Scott Bazo, and then uh, Thrashmaster mm. was another uh, character that he must have portrayed. Our other gentleman here, Bob Young, went mostly eight matches, all in 1993. Mm. And sometimes he was Bob Young. Sometimes he was Bobby. So this is another one of these, Mom, I want to be Bob. I don't want to to be be Bobby anymore. Yeah, I'm too old to be Bobby. Can't be a (laughs) 27-year-old Bobby. Yeah. Sound ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Scott Bezos also learned by Jeff Bezos. Oh, no. (laughs) Figured out how to create Amazon. Yeah. He got the idea by fighting the head shakers. (laughs) Knocked too many times in the head and said, this isn't for me. I'm going to go create a shipping company. Yeah, I got to study logistics. Yes. Offa's doing the nose thing again, where he's sticking his finger up his nose. Yeah, I I have that on here. I'm like, why does Offa always have to pick his nose? Is that like something that head shrinkers apparently do? I think he just likes to do disgusting things. Like he puts his finger up his nose, he eats a raw fish, he brings a whole turkey down. He's just gross. I understand the turkey and the raw fish. Like that seems a little bit more head shrinker-esque. I just don't understand the, the nose picking. I have to like get a full knuckle up there, buddy. Yeah. In, in front of the camera. Well, like Rocky Baba pre match, they do the sign of the cross. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> they are the, the consummate Catholic head shrinkers. Well, it is because he's got that, like, you know, if the Da Vinci Code, the monk was whipping himself in the back. Oh, yes. Well, Hoppus has one of those whips today. <laughs> now we know where that comes from. They're yeah. actually monks of some type. <laughs> yeah. Self abusive monks. Yeah. The announcers are talking about the nasty boys in the Head Shrinkers. It looks like we're heading towards maybe a little bit of that feud. We shall see. The Head Shrinkers attack one of our red tights from behind to start the match. And then what I noticed about this is there's a point in this where they do the heart foundation's finishing move. Yeah, they do. Did you catch that? I did. I was, <laughs> I was like, man, one of them holds him up and the other comes along and clotheslines him from behind. I was like, that, and that should be the end of the match right there. That's right. Just heart shrinkers. <laughs> yeah. Banville calls up, Brett, they're stealing our shit. Over here, we got some perpetrators. <laughs> exactly. There it is. Yeah, it just showed up. He does that. Samu looks, like, super thin. He looks a little thinner in the face mm-hmm. at this point, with Rikishi getting to be Rikishi-esque. Yeah. <laughs> they're both going different ways. Yeah. Well, they're all related. You think Samu's like, God, look at look at Yoko, and Rikishi's like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Don't you worry. I can be a sumo, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it up one notch. Yeah. Here comes the stink face. Got my entire ass out. Check this out. Oh God, that always annoyed me. I hated that. You you didn't like the stink face? did not like the stink face, no. Vince, and there's also this reoccurring theme that starts to happen with the commentators during this episode where they're trying to figure out why Jerry, the King Lawler, is not entering the King of the Ring tournament himself. Yes. And this harkens back to me saying when they had their their New Year's resolutions and the King saying, you know, this was going to be the year of the King and, you know, all this stuff. And he hasn't done a single match except for the Royal Rumble. Well, he becomes like a thorn in the side of the King. Brett starts really having a feud to Jerry Lawler. Okay. Because, spoiler alert, for something that happened 30 years ago. Sure. Uh, Brett becomes King of the Ring. And then Lawler's like, you're no King, I'm the King. And it, Lawler spends the episode explaining why he doesn't even believe there should even be a tournament and like mm-hmm. i'm already the king why would i be in the king of the ring tournament when i'm already the king like it doesn't okay. this whole thing doesn't make any sense yeah that, that's basically his his argument through this whole episode certainly yeah so do we think that this was something that was going to be set up down the line that jerry would uh, take on brett after the king of the ring yeah, pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure that they're setting up the uh, the king's already mad that the thing even exists. Okay. Like, how dare you? I'm already the king. Gotcha. Which I mean, the king title used to be semi-sanctioned, you know, back in the day. The- yeah, it was kind of like a championship. Yeah, King Harley Race and King Haku, mm-hmm. then King Duggan, then the Macho yeah. King. So, yeah. it was, but then when Macho retired, thus went the king. So at the end of that, I gotcha. The yeah, head shrinkers win, obviously. You know, yes, but, uh, but they start eating the guy again. <laughs> yeah, they're they're avoiding COVID protocol totally. Fatu <laughs> eats his opponent. And he he goes full bore into this too. Another sort of disgusting moment. He's just like licking them and biting yeah. them, and it's it's pretty nasty. Well, th- this happened a couple of years ago at the UN because China's like it was not us. It mm. obvious was not us. COVID <laughs> did not start here. Exhibit A, and they show this match. (laughs) And the head shakers are just licking this dude. Like, yeah, here's ground zero right here. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm on board with that one. May 1st, 1993. It's COVID-93. Yes, there we go. Well, after the match, Vince tells us that Hulk Hogan will defend his world heavyweight title against Yokozuna at King of the Ring. So we have decided to just kind of Drop that match in there. Like, everybody buy this pay-per-view. Hulk Hogan will be on it. Yeah, like, it's not just a tournament. Like, they're already, like, backpedaling from the tournament. Like, this Mm -hmm. tournament gets smaller and smaller as years go by. Like, this, the biggest bracket we'll ever have is this one. And then they're like, the qualifying matches plus a bunch of matches on television. And then maybe we'll have two, the semifinals and the finals. That's Mm -hmm. it. And eventually they're like, eh, we'll just do the finals. And eventually they're like, let's ditch the whole pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Forget that. It wasn't, yeah, it, it must not have took off. I wonder, like, not to say that WrestleMania 4 was a success. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it kind of was. But I, I know, like, when I was that age, I think it was in, you know, fifth grade or something when WrestleMania 4 happened and they had the whole tournament there. Like, I I thought that was a really, really cool concept. Cause you I did, see, too. Like, the wrestlers come back. And I remember sitting there with my friends, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who's going to win which match and how it's going to all end up, that kind of thing. So I wonder if they were thinking, you know, along those lines. It's like, you know, WrestleMania 4 was kind of an interesting idea. What if we change that into its own pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, there's no personal stakes unless they engineer it where the, the people who are feuding just so happen they hit their brackets. Mm. I guess that's a problem. But yeah, I'm with you. I like the whole idea of the tournament. I like the tournament. After the Warrior Law, lo- uh, well, he didn't lose. He had to give up the Intercontinental belt. And they had the tournament for the Intercontinental Championship. I thought that was awesome. And not too long ago, they did another tournament recently. But I forget what it was. Like, last four or five years, there was a pay-per-view tournament. But I forget what belt it was for. But, yeah, I agree. I like them. We go from there into the uh, event center with Gene. Be speckled Gene. He, he, he needs to... <laughs> He's like, if I'm doing this, I need my glasses. I can't read these uh-huh. shoot cards anymore. Yeah, he is now behind the desk, as Sean Mooney used to be, as opposed to just the the background and people coming in from the side. So I'm wondering if that was just kind of like a, a placeholder while they were still out in Vegas until they can get back to the studios to put him in the air, uh, the Sean Mooney seat. Mooney's like, the body's not even cold. <laughs> <laughs> Hose it down, move on. Hose it down, move on. <laughs> You know They got they got the gorilla position. Do you think that was the Mooney position? The Mooney position. I love it. Yes. It's going to be for this show. Mooney. <laughs> That's the Mooney yes. position. Look, I'm in Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go from here. We got a couple of promos here. Our first one. Wow. Is from two guys that can't talk. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Steiner brothers are doing a promo and they have positioned themselves as number one contenders to the titles, and they have no idea where to go with this promo. Yeah. So they just decided to talk about who they faced in the past. And I'm like, that really doesn't take too much time when there's only four teams in the right. entire division right now. Trying to, like, name them doesn't take very long. The nasties are like, what happened? Like, yeah. we, we were we were so number one contenders. <laughs> we helped a team get revenge against Jimmy Hart. We were in line for the titles. We just mm-hmm. said we'll, we'll chill for, for the pay-per-view. And now the Steiners get the shot? Yeah. This sucks. They're, yeah, they're not doing too well over there. So, yeah, they said they worked hard to get there, only facing two name teams. Yeah, who'd they face? They faced the Head shrinkers. Uh-huh. And they face the Beverly Brothers. They bring up the Beverly's a couple times in this uh, episode, but they're mm-hmm. long gone, right? They don't. Yeah, they are. One of them is still in doing like red tight jobs. That's pretty much it. Or Bob Blake. Yeah, the other one is gone. Our second promo is from Shawn Michaels, who is now uh, the sexiest man alive. Yes, apparently, People Magazine made sure that that happened. <laughs> I don't think that was WrestleMania nine year though. So no. Him and the narcissist, I would think they would have problems with each other because they both consider themselves to be the, the greatest looking people alive. But they're best friends right now. Yeah, they're just like staring at each other. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Shawn Michaels invokes the power of Goldberg in this promo <laughs> by asking, who's next? Uh, I noticed that. Yeah. Goldberg's like, I'm, I'm going to steal that. I like Mm-hmm. He, the thing that stuck out to me is he calls himself the kid. Yes, because he's the heartbreak kid. Yeah, we're starting to get that. Yeah, every little bit, like, it gets us more and more closer to, you know, what I remember Shawn Michaels to be when I started watching again around WrestleMania 12. You can start to see it. Well, we've mislabeled Ralph Macchio as Chachi. Mm-hmm. And now we have Shawn talking about how he uh, beat up Mr. Perfect and threw him in the trash. Like Grover. From Sesame Street. <laughs> like Oh my God, did I miss that? Grover. Was uh, it Grover? Grover? Grover was never in the trash. It's Oscar. You... Oh no. Oscar has been besmirched. Yeah, you got the wrong f***ing Muppets. <laughs> These guys don't have time to watch the Muppets. They're too busy kicking each other's asses. Grover? <laughs> Grover. Like Grover from, from Sesame. Sesame. Well, at least he had the right show. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> the like, Craver from you in The Muppets. <laughs> gonna throw you in the trash like Grover from fragile Rock. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'd miss that one. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, and I, right now, you know, you'd be on the internet correcting him. Right? he would be like, I'm sorry. I'm too busy having two girls blow me. <laughs> All right, you got me. We go from that into our second vignette. I'm going down in a blaze of glory. I'm a young gun. Oh, wow. Very good. (laughs) This is totally... I was trying to think. I was like, when did Young Guns come out? The first, the original Young Guns, I believe was 1990. 1990. Mm -hmm. And then Young Guns 2, when they incorporated all the Bon Jovi shit into it, uh, was was 1993. So it was right about this time. So I think... uh, I think they're trying to get a little bit of that Emilio Estevez, uh, Christian Slater action off of this one with our smoking guns vignette that we get now. Do you think <laughs> Richie Sambora was like reading for Artie and going, oh, wow, we're going to do the soundtrack for Young Guns? And John yeah. like, uh no, not we. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It says Bon Jovi's doing it. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. Bon Jovi is doing it. <laughs> John Bon Jovi. Yes. <laughs> So they're talking about all the trouble in the WWF, like the Head Shrinkers and Money Inc. and the Beverly Brothers, apparently. Yes, right. Yeah. As they shoot their guns at bottles and cans before saying they will be standing tall after the smoke clears. So they they apparently want the smoke. Yes, they do. I forgot they were armed because remember how much it was a big deal, like. Oh my god, Pillman's got a gun. Pillman's got a gun. They're like, oh, yeah. it's awful. They're guns during wrestling. I can't believe it. It is horrible. And yeah. there's these two guys shooting off six shooters. <laughs> it's just a cans and bottles. So. Yeah, I guess they're not threatening Stone Cold with <laughs> them. <laughs> they're actually threatening people just yet. But that no. should totally be their gimmick. It should be like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, they get into the ring, out comes the head shakers, and they just blow them away, <laughs> walk out the door. <laughs> yeah. That was easy, park. <laughs> like, yeah, sure was. One, two, three, dead. <laughs> Not kicking out of that one. No. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best gimmick of all time. <laughs> You're damn right. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. <laughs> Papa Shango, you got some voodoo? Look what I got, bitch. <laughs> Just blows them away. <laughs> you know, the ticket comes out throws them in a box. Well, <laughs> that was convenient. Yes. This is awful. I don't know how they got away with the next match at all. <laughs> this could never happen today. Never, ever, ever. We've got red tight against red tight. First yeah. time ever. Uh, Virgil versus oh boy I can't even say it this is, this is okay well his name his real name is William Laster yeah his preferred name is Billy Anderson okay and I would much prefer that over his title in this particular match uh, he is the white shadow white shadow and they introduce him first. I'm like, God, I hope they doesn't fight Virgil. And then Virgil's music <laughs> hits. I'm like, oh my God, they didn't. Oh my God. He also went by the Black Knight. Should have chose that one. Should have chose that. Virgil just beats his ass for cultural <laughs> appropriation. You're not the Black anything, mother <laughs> What would prompt anybody be called the White Shadow? Well, I mean, even in this day and age, even in the nineties, come they're, on. They're a fan of like seventies basketball shows. I don't know. It's, <laughs> no, there's a show called the white shadow. Well, coming out of the, the young guns vignette and into this match, the King is complaining about the guns that our young guns have used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says something to the effect of, you know, they can't use those guns at a wrestling ring. is just like, why not? Why not? This is going to be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's done. Uh, A little bit more teasing of Lawler about not being in the king of the ring while we start this match. They do a little bit of back and forth. They're really trying to put Virgil over as a wrestler type guy, giving him some fickle aspects of the match. And it's not just like a, a basic squash match. No. I mean, he does, like, Virgil's Mr. 101. He does everything that you'd learn early well. Like, he can get through a match and look convincing, but if you really look at what he's doing, he's not doing anything but, like, what a red tight would do if he was successful at getting anything against yeah. his opponent. That's what Virgil does. Like, drop toehold, arm bar, frog. He's, he's got the... He's Mr. 101. Yeah. There's just no charisma there, unfortunately. Yeah, there's no personality to get behind. He does the baby face pointing to the crowd stuff, but like mm-hmm. who is Virgil besides the ex bodyguard of the other man? Like he, yeah. There's no there's nothing to latch on to. I don't know who Virgil is besides a guy who comes out and wrestles. Yeah, he's got no no real gimmick except for wearing candy striper tights. Yeah, like outfit's so bad. <laughs> with the with the tassels on the bottom. I don't know. Mm-hmm trying to get something off of that. Well, he finishes off this match with our shadowed fellow with the side Russian leg sweep. That is his winning move right now. It's not really a highlight reel. No. One. Yeah, like I said, his moves are just basic moves. Like mm-hmm. his, Even his finishers, just like something Bret Hart would do in the middle of a match. Yeah, this was just a lot of filler because they were just taking the time to get on Lawler for not being in the king of the ring some more so they used it for that He won't get off his dick about that. It. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> that would have been funny if he just turned to vince and said get off my dick man yeah i'm already the king i've got this i'm not going through a tournament to be what i am it's stupid yeah. well we do have a king of the ring report brought to you yes by Chew the Horns <laughs> by Ica pro Yes, and we have a new catchphrase for Ica Pro. Our first couple didn't work. They went with this one, which is much worse. It says, get ripped. Don't get ripped off. Wow. <laughs> That's hmm. the new catchphrase for a Pro. Well, I'm seeing super protein. I'm seeing Night Force. It's now a professional bodybuilding program. Once again, there's wrestlers and then there's wrestling fans, and their bodies don't look a thing alike. No, these are the exact opposites on the body type spectrum. Yeah. Well, he starts going through. We're going to have at the actual pay-per-view, we'll be we're we're starting to set this set the scene here. And it is going to be an eight-man tournament. And he says that Brett Hart has automatically received the number one seed in the eight-man tournament. So my question is, okay, so Brett's already in. That's fine. Right. That's well and good. But I don't understand, okay, he's the number one seed. Mm-hmm. How do they determine you're the number two seed, you're the number three seed? Like, they're not really basing this off of wins, I don't take it. No, the I guess suckitude, I don't know. Yeah. Like, how do they determine that? I guess um, they're doing, like, a good guy, bad guy. And uh, you course spot on the card. So we should have one, two, three, four. Yeah, for all they're doing, the bracket one. So that's eight. That would be four matches. Right. So that's, that's seven matches, I think. Yeah. You got the matches. winners, they're going to have to fight each other. That's one match. And then the other yes. winners, they're going to have to fight each other. That's another match. And then you got the finalists, are going to have to fight each other for that. So it's really like only three. Three matches. Yeah. okay. Wow. I run a college pep band that's going the March Madness. <laughs> I have no idea how to work a bracket. Nope. Yeah. They're like, where's the Drexel pep band? I don't know. They're still out there. They just, the tournament's been over <laughs> for three weeks. He's still confused. Mm-hmm. We should be playing like four more games. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> go go home. Damn it. <laughs> I counted wrong. Yeah. Well, we're getting cheated of matches left and right, because we're not even going to have all those, because oh, yeah. uh, Brent got a bye, so we don't have his match in there. And a little bit later, we're going to lose a major match in the tournament. Yeah. I don't know how they're they're dealing with this, but we get a, a quick little promo from Brett Hart, in which this is the first time ever that I've actually heard his Canadian accent come through. <laughs> hey? he, he didn't say that. He said, Surrey. He said he feels Suri. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, whoa, that's Brit. That's like real Canadian Brit. <laughs> Gonna beat him from A to Z. <laughs> I, I was, I thought that was that was quite interesting. For the first time, he's been trying to hide it for so long. Could that one slip through? Yeah, Brett's um, like they screwed me on the title, and now I gotta win this bullshit. That's yeah. basically his promo. Yeah, he's going to the top. <laughs> he's back to those promos. Yeah, he's going back to the top. Yep, got to claw his way. Mm. Gene then says that the show is not just the tournament, by the way, but an entire event. And we're going to get a short little promo from Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna as they promise to get back the world heavyweight title. They're going to take it from Hogan. Now, I believe this is the first time that we have this as a match that they've announced, right? Yeah. Because they did the week after WrestleMania, Fuji's like, this is bullshit. We didn't really lose the title. We're protesting. Uh And then the week after that, Tony's like, nah. He, yeah, he, <laughs> it's Hogan. It's, sorry. <laughs> it's Hogan. Hogan's champ. Hogan gets to do whatever he wants. And now week three, we have the rematch sign. Mm-hmm. Yoko cuts this weird promo because Hogan's like sitting there ducking him. And Yoko is like, don't give him a statue. Give him some guts. <laughs> you know why you can? Don't get a sucker no statue. Give him guts. I know you've been ducking me, Hogan. Hey, why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? <laughs> Wait, I'm having flashbacks here. <laughs> Well oh, jeez. Well we go from that and then Okerlin uh is out on the set of Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> I don't understand this at all. <laughs> so we're at Thunder in Paradise is taping. There's yes. no there's not a camera or a set to be found. Nope. Brutus the Barber Beefcake has a IGOPro like shirt on. So that's mm-hmm. his role. Like sell some yeah. of this bullshit. Always be closing. But he's still got the Spotted Owl he's protective mask on. He's got the mask on. he oh, nice. got the... the mask on. I said that. <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy Hart's running around for no reason. Yeah, they're all just out there. And I just love how Gene's got like his sunglasses on for this impromptu quote unquote interview that they're going to do with all these extras, I guess we could call them, that are on the set. And Hulk Hogan goes into his usual with this, where he, it's just like, here he goes, I'm going to throw Yoko around the world, catch him, then throw him the other way until he hits the mat and splits the ring in hand. <laughs> and the earth. He's like, and don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why is this? Why? It's so bad. It comes off so dated. He just goes into all these hyperboles. Hyperbomania. He's running wild. Yeah, hyperbomania. Yeah, it doesn't make sense anymore, and it doesn't work. We need realism, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's on the center for Thunder in Paradise. If you look way in the back, it's 19 minutes, 35 seconds. You can see Eric Bischoff crouched in a corner. (laughs) He's trying to steal him from Vince. Yeah, it's coming soon. Mm -hmm. Definitely coming soon. Why is Jimmy Harden surfing here? He's going to go catch some waves after this, man. Yeah, he's given lessons to crush. There's like one kid in the crowd that's like staring at his feet the entire time. Like he could give two shits about this. Maybe Vince saw that and be like, all right, it's done. It's over." There's <laughs> a bunch of adults and one kid that just could care less. Hogan trips on his promo and they don't refilm it. This isn't live. Like why? They, the whole back end of his promo goes to shit. Yeah. And they just roll with it. They're like, good enough. And print. think <laughs> The director of Thunder in Paradise is like, look, you got 30 seconds in one take. Hurry up. Yeah. I need him back on a boat. Stat. <laughs> back on his Night Rider boat. Mm-hmm. Well, we are out of there, and we go into our first qualifying match. King of the Ring. This is Doink the Clown versus Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. Yes, and we're not going to see uh, the one that's going to be on wrestling challenge which is champion of yesteryear. Oh yes, Bob Backlund versus a narcissist the narcissist Lex Luger. Oh, that should be a fun match. But you're right, main event in any arena anywhere. Mr. Perfect versus Doink the Clown. Oh my god. Well, it starts off I mean, we have to establish Doink as the feel in this so he decides to attack Perfect from behind in the aisle, ramming his head off the stairs a couple of times and then throw him into the ring. That is the consummate heel start to a, to a match. Yeah, they didn't do the thing where the uh, baby face gets the early momentum pop and then the, the bad guy cheats to like yeah. run the match for a while. No, it starts with Doink candidly beating the shit out of Mr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, that's, well. that's, that's what's going on here. We do get a little bit of a turnaround as Perfect avoids an attack. Uh, and then he starts working over Dwink's leg. Yeah, you know, I, I guess that's for the perfect plex, so he can so he can hook him the fisherman's suplex. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, well, but, if he if he was gonna be if he was gonna be hooked, he'd be hooked. That's right, <laughs> true. <laughs> he also does the thing where they put the leg on the rope and jump on the leg. It never looks like it hurts because the rope no. bounces. Yeah, there's 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 too much give. Like I I've never touched one of those ropes in my life. I don't know how much give they are, but if it's, you know, has that much give on it. It doesn't look like there's any bend going the wrong way there. So, Remember when Enzo knocked himself the fuck out? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) By hitting that rope? That's true. Apparently, it doesn't give too much. That's true. We get the announcers spending a lot of time here talking about Hogan versus Yokozuna as Doink is now begging for mercy. I just have here big letters in my notes. I'm just like, why are they talking about Hogan versus Yokozuna when they've got a perfectly good King of the Ring match, like this match was actually pretty. Yeah, the stakes. There's yeah, there's yeah. stakes to be had. Like one of these guys is going to make the tournament. But they're not like paying attention to it at all. They're they're completely doing like a typical red type match commentary where they're talking about other things that are going on. I think they're trying to distract the audience from the fact that Mr. Perfect Schlong. It looks like a belt. As a like, holy shit, he's got the perfect schlong too. <laughs> <laughs> it's my perfect junk. Perfect junk. It goes all, <laughs> goes all around my entire waist. Look at this junk. It's perfect. It is. A, <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Fabulous. Absolute. Well, this is one of the matches that actually goes across the commercial break because uh, Perfect's winning. And then when we come back after the fade out, Doink has beaten the shit out of Perfect so badly that he's actually in the room yeah. with his hands behind his head. Doink goes off the top rope onto the floor. He does. Yeah, that was a fairly big move for that time. I think the only other person I've seen do that was Shawn Michaels. Not only were we talking about Hogan doing this thing, but we have a picture-in-picture of the a qualifying match. Yeah. And it's Doink in his own picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah, it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be uh, somebody, was this the one where it was supposed to be somebody else? I think it was supposed to be Crush. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah, it was supposed to be Crush and then Doink in his own picture picture and says, you know, it's uh, perpetuating the whole, there's more than one doink. No, there which, isn't. It's an illusion. Well, which, you know, I thought about this. I was like, they're looking into the future here because eventually there will be about six or seven doinks. With Forty-four doinks. <laughs> but he's on the screen for just a couple of seconds there. He's just telling us that it's an illusion. We see more than one doink. Perfect, getting his ass kicked, making a comeback, and then we get the... uh perfect plex pin but a bell rings before it happens yes apparently and this is complete bullshit because this match was six minutes i i looked it up was was timed at six minutes and 39 seconds so how did they call this a time uh or a draw because of a time limit uh when it was it wasn't even like seven minutes long this match is scheduled for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, this match was scheduled for six minutes and thirty-eight seconds. Well, there was a commercial break in the middle. That's true. So uh, we may have actually had. Well, we definitely didn't have ten. There was no three. No, it wasn't even ten. Here. It wasn't even ten. So that was that was a complete bullshit way to end that match. But I guess they couldn't figure out who was going to win that, and it also shortens up the pay per view if they're. You know, well a- after this, they keep saying that neither of them have not qualified yet. Like they're still both in it. I thought that just got somebody a buy. They they usually in the tournaments give a bad guy an easier route. Like the yeah. good guy has to fight fourteen hundred people, and the bad guy keeps on getting buys or count outs. And he certainly, goes. well, that was that was the thing in um, in WrestleMania four too. It was um, I think it was Rick Rude and Jake the Snake. Yeah, when they met, and that went to time limit because mm-hmm. that was that was like 15 minutes or something so they they went draw and so neither of them moved on but yeah we end this one uh in a draw and and that's that's where we're left after this so we shall see what happens with the uh luger Backlund match if either of them will move on and at least give us something everybody gets disqualified brett just like walks in <laughs> is this yeah <laughs> this is easy <laughs> yeah done I'm king, bitches. It's good to be the king. (laughs) Do they have kings in Canada? I'm sure they can figure it out. Oh well, they do now. (laughs) Well, from the uh, pages of a Hulk Hogan adorned WWF magazine. Oh, of course. uh, We have update with Brilla Monsoon. Yes, Monsoon is on the screen for our WWF update. And the big takeaway from this is showing us what we saw last week. So we're not on update anymore. We're now on recap. We're back on recap. We are back on recap because we are seeing the altercation between Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow that we saw last week. So this was a hard skip for me. We already saw it all. Last talk about like how Sherry like uh, gets up there and starts talking shit on Luna Vachon, Bigelow. uh uh, says bitch so take my spotlight Mm -hmm. and uh tatanka attacks and then we see the the altercation backstage in the hallways where bam bam bigelow attacks tatanka and steals his red hair so out of this we get a tatanka promo were you disappointed in the amount of hair bigelow Cuts this promo like, hey, you ran your nose and your mouth where it didn't belong, and that's why I had to kick your ass backstage, and I got your hair, and he holds up this like little Ziploc bag, little sandwich bag, with like a a tuft, tuft, (laughs) like an inch sprig of hair, Yeah. and then they cut the tataka, I'm like, "All right, well he's gonna like have, the red's gonna be gone, like the blood of his ancestors are Mm -hmm. gone, and he's gonna have like just regular hair, or it's it's gonna be all messed up, or whatever, Uh, and he looks fine. It looks yeah. just, He's got funny. like one little bald spot on the top of his head that he does show us during his Tatanka promo here. Tatanka is rip shit. He is so well, pissed. Well, of course. That's that's the hair of his ancestors. Well, I've, I've got it here because mm. I have to do my traditional Tatanka promo so we can run down this one. Okay. So it is. Bam Bam Bigelow. There are many things sacred to my people, like... The eagle feather. Check. But to me, which is most sacred, is the red hair. The red streak that symbolizes all of my Native Americans. Check. And all of my people. And when you attacked me from behind, I awoke. And I realized how you had desecrated my heritage. You started a fire in me that will burn until I get my revenge. So even with that, he had his Native Americans and his people Retreat. and some eagles. Have you noticed that Tataka just gets into matches when people steal his shit? <laughs> that seems to be an ongoing thing. Like He's got like four things sacred to him, and everybody's stolen one of them. Like, where's his eagle feather? I just noticed like while he's talking about that, that he has Uh-oh. no eagle feather anymore. Martel's like, yeah, I gotta <laughs> we'll check it out. Martel, I will come after you, after I saw you. On the trail of tears. <laughs> oh no. No. I know what you did. I know what you did. Oh no. Run, run. <laughs> Million dollar man like buys up his land. <laughs> yes, it is for sale. <laughs> yes, yes. The farm is for sale. <laughs> It's not Big Bartholomew, but it is pretty big. It's Typhoon. Ah, here he comes. Somebody we haven't seen for a little while. Typhoon has been taking a few weeks off since he has departed ways with Earthquake. And as we all understand, Earthquake is... uh, He's out. He's Yes, he's across seas, I believe, at this point. uh, Somewhere in Japan Mm. uh, doing something over there. But he is facing our red tight uh, Larry Ludden, who we have seen before. Yeah, this guy's a real dude. Yeah, this is uh, mullet omania on Larry. My God, he looks like Chad Too Bad. <laughs> he does. He really does look like Chad Too Bad. That's a small poodle on his head. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's got 17 matches between the years of 1990 and 1993. All right. I just have written here, Typhoon, please kill this son of a bitch just because of his hair. Just of his hair. <laughs> punish him for having a terrible mullet. <laughs> yeah. That's, this is this is one of those mullets that somebody just said, all right, we're done with mullets. I like how Taofoon is trying to run the entire natural disaster match, but without the earthquake. Yeah. So, all right, bounce off of me a couple times. That's all he has. You're squishing in a corner. Yep. This is just another match for us to talk about why Lawler's not in the King of the Ring. Yeah, they don't talk um, about this match at all. Like they At all. Nothing. Don't call it. They, they, they talk about that. They also talk about the Tatanka-Bigelow feud. And yeah, it's just a, it's a quick one for Typhoon. That's about it. Typhoon looks enormous, which is kind of weird for me to say because he's huge, mm-hmm. but because he's always standing next to Earthquake, he always looked like the little guy, but here yeah. he is alone in the ring with this like little red type and he looks gigantic. Yeah. Like Ty- Typhoon was just dwarfed by his partner, but you never got a chance to really see how big he was because in comparison, he was always the, the smaller guy. Yeah. Jerry Lawler starts to tread on some pretty shaky ground in his commentary here, where he starts talking about how Sherry was out of place because she took a man's place and should suffer the consequences. Well, you're like, whoa, King. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He yeah. went a little bit over the rails on that one. I was like, oof, you would not be on TV anymore if you said that in today's day and age. I know, he'd be off. That's it. Yeah, Canceled immediately. Done. But just more and more king of the ring stuff on this one and uh typhoon comes away with the wind after about uh two minutes and 30 seconds on that one yeah they do a king of the ring commercial set to like fake jaws music (laughs) it's really (laughs) strange it's like they need more horns and if it's the king it's got to be very regal sounding no apparently he's gonna fight a shark yeah We've come into the greatest narcissist match of all time. <laughs> the mirror is already in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess film school guy learned how to not get in the shot because you don't see the cameraman. Yeah. Lex looks like he just put on the robe right before he stepped out because he's, it's fallen off of him. Yeah, <laughs> I had that. I heard that as he's walking out. It looks like he's putting the robe on. There. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, my my notes, it says the music here resembles Rhapsody in blue. Oh yeah? Like the narcissist. Oh, oh, you music? know what it was? No, no, it's 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 Luger's music. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Now that I remember this. If you listen to the main melody line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's like, hey, that's Rhapsody in Blue. <laughs> I had never noticed that before, but yeah, there's a little melody in Luger's music as he uh, comes down. Rhapsody and Lug. But yes, uh, <laughs> it's Rhapsody and Lug. <laughs> this is great. Luger spends the entire match looking at himself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. As he's wont to do. They found only one woman to boo him, and (laughs) where where did they get a close-up? All the other women in the audience are, are like, flooding their basements, but they got this lady here just booing the shit out of him. Yeah, this is clean up on aisle four, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like clean up on aisle four. They're trying to get him to start the match, and he decides, no, I'm just going to whack this guy with my bionic elbow. Fatality. And done. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, who is a red tight who, uh, looks like one, two, three King old, brother. Yes. This is, uh, Terry Zeller mm-hmm. is his name. Uh, he had eight matches between the years of 1990 and 93. Does this even count? Like the match I had, of- <laughs> it's, I think it says something about it being like a draw or something like that on his <laughs> draw. His, he got yeah. clobbered. It's done. There's no match. Wait, well, technically, it's, yeah. Yeah, but they they called it a draw for some reason because there was no pin and there Mm. was no match. So, yeah, it was just a real quick one. The announcers talk a little bit about Luger versus Brett as this starts up, and that's about it. And Vince also tells us that Doink and Perfect are still in the running for a spot in the King of the Ring. That's stupid. Uh, I thought they were getting rid of that because... you know, perfect fighting Brett would be good guy, good guy. And you don't want perfect to lose in the tournament because he's basically, because Hogan's not really there, You're number two baby face. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were freeing him up to fight Sean. That would make sense, yeah. But, you know, maybe not. I forget the card. I know we ran through it. Well, they also plug a match. I guess Sean is going to face Hacksaw for the Intercontinental title on Raw. I think Hacksaw is going to be the red tight in that one. You're red tight, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Put the cock on pause at 41 minutes, 36 seconds, exactly. They okay. think something's about to fall on Mean Gene. Okay, yeah, we are in the event center with, with Mean Gene. Oh, yeah. Fuck <laughs> that, Gene. Here oh it comes. <laughs> She's like, like <laughs> looking at something like said was going to fall on it. Oh, crap. Oh, oh crap. Oh, crap. This is how I go. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. All of a sudden, we see Gene's full religion come out. <laughs> <laughs> in the event center. Oh, sweet Jesus. I think he's <laughs> pretending that Giant Gonzalez is in the studio because that's who we cut to. And mm-hmm. they have the excellent shot of Giant Gonzalez, so big that he's taller than the scrim. And uh, they have Harvey Whippleman way, way back in the crates. I love how they just have, like, they have to have that shot where you can see above the scrim. Yeah. For this. <laughs> like You know they're, like, doing, like, the camera nice and low, too, so yeah, they I, can look up like that. Yeah. Because every other shot is, like, just the scrim. Why can't you just look right at the scrim? (laughs) This guy doesn't even fit in the room. The ceiling had to be removed for this guy. I know. Basically, uh, this is your typical Harvey Whippleman. This guy will take out anyone. He's taken out 40 men at the same time. Like your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. He's calling out the roster. Like, this guy actually has an opponent. Yeah. But Whippleman's calling out the entire face roster anyone, he will take them all on at the same time. He is the giant Gonzalez. He just stretches his arms wide and people run in fear. Yes. And That's they let Gonzalez much... say absolutely nothing. He doesn't nope. get to Which is the way it should be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like we've learned our lesson. We have. Don't let this man talk at all. Speaking of don't let this man talk, we get a hacksaw Jim Duggan promo. Yes, they really could have done without. This promo went absolutely nowhere. He starts asking questions about himself. He's like, why do you have a two by four? Well, I travel everywhere. <laughs> That's, that was his answer. <laughs> like, what? He's <laughs> like, why, why do you carry the United States flag in other countries? Well, because people chant. His answers did not make sense to his own questions. No. On that. Yeah. The gene reminds us what, what's really going on here because Haxall won't. And mm-hmm. that's uh Yoko has hurt Haxall and Haxall mm-hmm. is uh you know out for re- He is, he is, and we will eventually, I'm assuming, get that match uh somewhere down the line of Yoko versus Haxall. I'm pretty sure that was the hey Hogan's not available, we need someone to fight uh Yoko. hmm So mm-hmm. it's gonna be you. You're you're a Hogan stand in. Yeah. And Brett's like, I'm i I'm right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hello. 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 Yeah. Okay. Now Brett's got to get himself set, set for the king of the ring. Apparently he needs time off. Brett really should talk to the merchandise department because we come back from commercial and you have this guy in a Bret Hart t-shirt holding a Bret Hart Mylar balloon. Uh-huh. Like from Acme. Yeah. I have Brett's number one fan is shown. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how we end this episode. He looks like Randall from Clerks. <laughs> holding a balloon Did you like the episode fan? Um not really. This <laughs> one was this this one was a little bit light uh for me. I I thought we'd have a little bit more uh, to talk about on this but the, you know, being the second week at, at a new venue and being right after WrestleMania starting to lean up to our next pay-per-view King of the Ring, but it, it just seems like it's still, you know, Hogan Hogan at this, mm. point. so until we get rid of Hogan, I think it's just going to be uh, a little bit boring, unfortunately. Yeah, so I didn't even have a match of the night. That's so bad. Yeah, you would have thought that the 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 perfect Doink one would have been good, but I just think it was just overshadowed by the commentators not giving a fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it didn't end. It didn't have an no. End. I think my match of the night might have been Lex, like just knocking out the red titan going home yeah that should be his new thing we get the smoking guns come in they shoot people luger just takes them out with his arm and he's done Mm -hmm. uh papa shango sets some people on fire and that's that's the matches that we get yeah i mean if the guy gets squashed anyway they might as well go out and go out loud and expensive yes burn a guy yeah make it interesting please but yeah there wasn't a lot there wasn't really a good red titan of the night maybe uh you know, uh, Virgil? Yeah, Virgil was my red tail of the night. He really was, because he beat up the the white supremacists. <laughs> he beat up white power. I mean, white shadow. <laughs> white shadow. Well, what's on tap for next week? What are we going to be seeing here? Next week, we're going to see the Nasty Boys and Kamala, which is an interesting pairing, uh, versus <laughs> Money and Mr. Hughes. Also an interesting pairing. Also an interesting pairing. We'll also see El Batador, Tito Santana versus Razor Ramon in their King of the Ring qualifying match. And so we'll see Tito play the red tight there. Yeah, totally red tight. Yeah, he's he's red tight in that one up. Um, Razor even says so much. He's like, yo, just lie down. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me sweat during this. I'm already oozing enough machismo. I don't need to ooze all over you. So, yeah, this was not that interesting of an episode. I'm hoping for something, you know, a little bit more fun. Maybe next week. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. So until then, sayonara, Undertaker. And Shawn Michaels has left the building.